Hi, I'm Sabrina Soto. I believe the best conversations are with friends who are really able to open themselves up and share their lives, both the good parts and the bad. You're going to be listening to some of those candid conversations and hopefully gaining some insight to help you redesign your life from the inside out. This week's guest is Amanda Kuda. Amanda is a life coach that really, she specializes in getting you to reach the next level of your life. She's also an alcohol-free expert. So of course we talk about how that sort of hindered her from getting to the next level. But even if you're not re-evaluating alcohol in your life, this is such a great episode. We had such a good conversation and it really is about finding that obstacle that may be keeping you from reaching the next level. Uh, Before we get started, I just wanted to ask you for a little favor. If you're loving the podcast, please, if you could rate and review it on wherever you're listening to this, I would so appreciate it. It helps get it into uh, other people's ears. So thank you for doing that. And let's get started. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us on Redesigning Life. I am so excited to have you and I have a million questions as always on my podcast. Yes, I'm so stoked. So you really help people find their way on how to manifest the things that they want in their life and how to live an alcohol-free life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How, How did you find this path and how did you get started? Completely by accident. If you would have asked me five or six years ago if I would be talking about elective sobriety as a lifestyle, I would have laughed at you and called you crazy. And how the universe gives you opportunities to do exactly what you desire in the most unimaginable package is just crazy. So if you would have found me at the age of I'm I'm thirty I'm about to turn 36 right now. If you would have found me at the age of 26, 10 years ago. I thought I was living my best life. I truly thought I was. I had the job. I had the house. I had the social status. I was doing all of the things that the world told me would make me happy and successful. And for the outside perspective, I was. And I was just checking all the boxes, going along, and I wasn't happy. I felt super stuck. I didn't feel like I was actually achieving at my highest. I didn't feel like I was on the right path, but I couldn't explain it because I was doing something I was good at. I was getting all of these accolades. I was, you know, getting written up in magazines and things felt like they were going pretty good, but I didn't feel happy. So I luckily had a mentor turn me on to um, some spiritual practices and he introduced me to um, a spiritual teacher named Dr. Wayne Dyer. And love, love. Wayne Dyer. Dr. Wayne Dyer. So good. Have you read much of his stuff? Are you kidding me? I actually bought on Audible his... Um, not package, but his whole, oh, his whole collection. Like, and I think it was like 15 hours, something crazy. I went through it. I mean, it is, he is, and he's got such a great sense of humor. So anybody Mm -hmm. who's listening, look him up. He is, I think like the Mecca of new thought teaching. So great. And I was so hopeful. He passed a few years back and that was so sad for me because I really hoped that I would get to meet him in person because he started my spiritual development journey. And let me tell you, that was a hard place to start for someone who is a newbie. His stuff is very accessible, but also really mind-blowing and profound if you're not you know, quite right in that place yet. But I was determined because the person who gave it to me said, Amanda, I read this book. It was called The Power of Intention, by the way. And he said, it changed my life. I started implementing the practices and miracles started happening. And God knows I wanted so bad for a miracle 
So I downloaded that book and I started reading it and that led me down the spiritual rabbit hole, right? So I, my audible was the who's who of Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. I was reading anything and everything that had to do with spirituality, manifestation, bettering yourself, personal improvement, productivity, and I know once you get started, it's like this rabbit hole that you can't stop. But wait, I have a question to go back to you saying, yeah. you said that everything from the outside perspective was perfect. But mm-hmm. you, when you read that book, you were hoping for a miracle. So if you thought that your life was great and everybody else thought, what miracle at that point were you looking for? Oh, I, I just knew that it was still lost. I knew that I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. The financial abundance wasn't coming in. I was working my ass off, but really not making enough money. So I felt financially just like in a slump and I hadn't met my person. And so, and I, you know, come from this place where that's the end all be all you get the husband, the picket fence and all the things, and then you're done. Great. And of course we know that there's way more to it than that. But my small mind at that point just thought I don't have it all. And even with the things that I have, I'm not happy. I'm still feeling in this state of discontent. And so I knew that this book was going to change my life. I just knew it, right? And I'm sure you've had a book that's like that too, where you just think this is the thing that's really going to turn me around. It's. It, I actually had the exact same sort of thing back. I had just gotten married. I was working doing real estate and staging and I was working in an office and I was waiting in line at Baja Fresh. It's a place in California. Like it's a burrito mm-hmm. place. It's delicious. But I was waiting in line with all of these other people that were on their lunch break. And I just was standing there like, this doesn't feel right. Not the yeah. food and not just my life. I'm like, this something, this isn't what my life's supposed to be. And then a friend of mine turned me on to the secret before the secret was on Oprah and everything. And mm-hmm. that just opening my mind to the law of attraction, it was the same thing. I went down this rabbit hole where I bought every book that I could on law of attraction that I ended up having to move to DC for my first HTV show. And I think I brought which like we didn't have really Kindles and everything back then. Right, I brought like five shirts and 45 books. Like it was so (laughs) ridiculous because I was like, this is, this is the new, this is like, it opened my mind. So yes, we have very similar things that happen. Yeah, you can't unsee it. And it was so refreshing for me because I was living in the Midwest in the Bible Belt at that point. And I'd only been exposed to very traditional religion, which, um, this is nothing against traditional religion. It just didn't have what I needed for this mindset shift that I needed to make. And what I started to read in the spirituality and new thought world really resonated with me. So I knew I'm onto something. And for two full years, I was doing all of the things. If it was listed in one of those books as a practice that I should take on, I was doing it. And I started to see some pretty miraculous things. I had a very serendipitous opportunity for me to leave the Midwest and move to Austin, Texas, which was so aligned and beautiful. And and little things kept happening here and there, but I still didn't feel that sense of content and that sense of purpose and that sense of just joy that everyone in all of these books was writing about. So I started asking, you know, am I doing something wrong? Am I cursed? Am I karmically doomed? What is happening that I'm not you know, just raking in all of this abundance that I'm told I should, I should be, have access to. And I was doing the affirmations. I was doing the visualization. I was doing the mantras and the meditation and the yoga and the journaling and the, all of the things. And it still wasn't fully happening. So I started to get really introspective and I'm like, okay, well, I'm doing everything. So maybe it's something that I need to stop doing. Maybe there's a glitch in the system here. And I looked at everything in my life, all of my behaviors. And at this point, I'd already started to kind of question, 
maybe this relationship I have with alcohol, which for me was very normal for my age. I was, I didn't drink through the week and maybe like a glass of wine at dinner here and there with a friend. But on the weekends, I was definitely in that work hard, play hard, five o'clock happy hour, boozy brunch, Sunday fun day crew. So nothing out of the normal, but I still was drinking in excess on the weekends. And I knew I didn't have a problem, but something started to stir inside of me. And I started to sense that alcohol was the domino that I hadn't tipped over yet. And that if I would change my relationship with alcohol, everything would fall into place. And I felt this really deeply, but I was so intimidated by it. So I tried to negotiate with that little voice inside that was kind of nudging me and all the negotiations fell through. It just didn't work. And so it wasn't until I decided I'm going to give this a solid try that things kind of turned around. And as soon as I made the decision to take a break from alcohol, even though I didn't have a problem, even though it wasn't necessary, even though everyone told me what I was doing was normal, um, I took a break from alcohol and I made that break longer and a little longer and a little longer. And suddenly, Sabrina, I kid you not, everything that I had been reading for the past two and a half years started to click and fall into place. And I started to become a magnet for everything that I desired out of nowhere. And so it's this sense that I had that alcohol was the domino and it was right from everything I could prove. It was the thing that was keeping me blocked. Right. And I think for you, it's alcohol. And we were talking about this earlier for somebody else. It could be just another habit. And so the last time we talked, I was ta- we were talking about vibration and how every, mm-hmm. you know like attracts like and 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 please forgive me for anyone listening, but I, you know the woo woo. If you've listened to me for a while, you know that this woo woo talk just that's how I talk. But I do really believe that we are all energetic beings, and mm-hmm. the higher that we could vi- vibrate, and that's being in a state of joy, happiness, that you attract all the things that you want because mm-hmm. everything's in energy. So for you, it was alcohol. And so that basically, are you saying like that dulled your vibration or that sort of like numbed you out, right? Absolutely. It was constantly keeping me in a perpetual state of lower vibration. And that's not to say that, you know, alcohol is a substance, it's neutral, but it carries a vibrational frequency. Everything you interact with, every person, every Um, every event that you go to is an energetic exchange. And if you consider yourself like an energetic trader or banker, every exchange you have has a return. And that return is either going to be positive or negative. But when you look at something like alcohol, which we know is a depressant, we don't have to go into all of the other, you know, things about alcohol to understand it's a depressant, period. Anything that depresses your nervous system, logically, of course, is going to lower your vibration. Right. So even if done in a celebratory manner, alcohol still scientifically is going to put you in a depressive state. Right. And from that state, you can only manifest, um, you can only attract what you are an energetic match for. So if you're constantly putting yourself in a lower vibrational state, of course, you're going to constantly struggle to attract higher vibe things. That doesn't mean you can't do it, but it just means it's going to take a lot more effort. And what I found was that I was efforting so much. I was working my ass off and for some return, but when I took alcohol out of the picture, it's like an energetic barrier came out of the equation. And without little of my own doing, 
I started manifesting miraculous things at very rapid rates with, with a lot of ease. And that just hadn't been my story before. So I knew that I was onto something and that this thing, this entity, this relationship that I had, had been holding me back. And right. It was crazy, crazy. And I think you were saying, th- uh, you have said that it's like running a marathon. Yes, you can run the marathon, but it's like running the marathon with ankle and wrist weights doing it. Mm-hmm. And when you take it off, and for you, again, it was alcohol, you're, you still were able to run the marathon, but so much faster and and at like so e- much easier. Yeah, absolutely. And the crazy thing is most of us don't realize that we're running with dead weight, right? We think that we are doing our hardest and really we're still running against resistance. If you have something that is energetically draining you consistently in your life. Right. But because alcohol is so normal, you would never guess that it's weighing you down. You have become so used to operating with this slightly dulled, slightly lowered vibration that it really doesn't make sense to you until you see the world without that dulled sense of vibration, without that, you know, kind of film, I call it like a hazy film or a hazy veil that you're so used to. Once you've lifted it and you see the world through Technicolor, you can't unsee it. Right. And it's really beautiful. I, I used to live in New York and in New York, it's really easy to just have alcohol all, all around you all the time because you live upstairs, downstairs, a bar, meet me downstairs. Great. See you there in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I was living in New York and Annie Grace's book had come out and it was in the New York Post and it was something, you know, it was a new book and it was saying something about how to make dry January easier. And I was like, oh, you know, I always sort of did dry January. So I'm like, oh, I'll read this. And it was the same thing. It was like, I can't unsee this information. And it was all mm-hmm. of this of what it did to you spiritually, financially, and physically and how it's all marketing marketing and all of these things that made me think it never even crossed my mind, Amanda, like never crossed my mind all of this information. And since then, my relationship with alcohol has changed because I had no choice than to really see it for what it was happening. And I'm the same way as you. It's like, yeah, it wasn't a problem, but I knew that there was something not quite right that was keeping me from living my best life. And that could be something as easy as not waking up, you know, in the, the fantastic, let's start dancing in the kitchen mood. I was sort of like dragging some days or maybe not doing something because I just, you know, I was tired or, you know, it was just like a lot of opportunities missed and a lot of things that just weren't quite right because of drinking. And Mm -hmm. it became, I I don't want to say depressing, but just like what you said, it's like this film, like a cloudiness uh, that was happening. And I'm like, what am I, what is this for? But the problem is, is when you start saying, what is it for? You're constantly surrounded with it still. And it's Mm -hmm. so easily, like it's socially acceptable. And it's the only thing that when you stop doing, people think something's wrong with you. Oh yeah, that's the worst. It's It's hard because our ego gets in the way. Yes. And I don't understand it because if you and I were going out to lunch and I order a sandwich and you order a salad, you don't get mad at me because I ordered a sandwich. So if I order a club soda and you order a glass of wine, why are you mad at me for ordering a club soda? Like who cares? Right. But our ego is so attached to this habit and this behavior. And, and so when someone else 
observes you not doing a behavior that you're trying to justify in yourself, of course you have a little freak out yeah. and you get a little tender or a little defensive about something that you're holding sacred as a protective mechanism because it's a security blanket, right? It helps us check out at the end of the day, or it helps us feel like we can be more social if we don't quite know how to do that. And the reality is the only thing in this world that you can't do without alcohol is get drunk. And all of those things that you're afraid of, it's not that you can't do them without alcohol. It's just that you are out of practice. You lack practice and you've been cheating your entire life. And nothing lowers your vibration, like constantly living in the fear that you can't perform. And so if we're talking about raising our vibration, we have to start at the the level of our thoughts and the thought system that we're enforcing every time we drink. And that thought system is, I'm not capable of relaxing or shutting down after a long day, or I don't know how to be fun, sexy, sophisticated, engaging, um, brilliant without alcohol. And that's a really mean thing to tell yourself. How could you expect yourself to call in your deepest desires if you're constantly saying, you can't do this unless you have this thing in your life? And that's subtly what we're saying every time that we drink, because we're always using it for some sort of a solution to a problem that we've made up. Or romanticizing it. Like Dean and Mm -hmm. I like talk about sometimes like, you know, it'd be nice, you know, that, that date night always came with a glass of wine and just getting used to having it come with tea instead. And I think about my junior high school years and high school years of the dancing and the, you know, the nights of sleepovers and all that. And we, I mean, I did that without alcohol and we had a great time and we danced our butts off and it's easy to still do that now. It's just, you're right. It's like you, you forget that you can do all those things without that Mm -hmm. socially acceptable liquid. Yeah. It's like, you just lack practice. It's, you know, I always equate it to, you know, if you go bump uh, bowling with a child, they sometimes put the little bumpers in the gutter. And so it's like, you've been bowling your entire life with the bumpers up. So you've been cheating. So of course you've been bowling strikes and you think you're so good at it. But when those bumpers come out and you have to bowl yourself, of course you're going to suck for a while. Of course you're going to hit the gutter, but then you can course correct. You can learn the skill that you lacked. You can practice and you will start to hit that ball down the center or roll that ball down the center. And that will feel so much better than the years you spent, you know, essentially cheating with the bumpers up or cheating by using alcohol to get the ball to the end of the the lane. Right, right. Now back to like manifesting. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. How would you say for you was the easiest or what was the aha moment that you realized that there was some sort of formula for manifesting and creating the life that you want? Yeah. So, you know, Shortly after I stopped drinking, I started having these um, things pop up that I wanted. And as a little bit of background, I do not come from a financially affluent family. Like I grew up with a single parent mom. So money and abundance has never been a reality for me. And things have never come easily. Well, as I stopped drinking, I started shifting. I started really working on that money mindset. And I put in my mind, I didn't even consciously want to manifest it. I started putting in my mind some things that I wanted to have in my life. And they were super simple things. So let's talk about like micro manifestations. I wanted a pair of Allbirds tennis shoes and I wanted some new workout clothes and I wanted some more just cash money. And all of a sudden, I had these crazy serendipities happen. I had not expressed these out loud. 
And someone gave me a gift card to Allbirds. What the most random what? place you could give someone a Wait, gift card? How? How? I have no idea. I had never spoken this out loud. And someone gave me the exact gift card to the exact place that I wanted these random pair of tennis shoes. Then the next, within the next couple of weeks, I got a gift card to Lululemon, free workout clothes. Then I barely asked for a raise at work and I got a multi five figure raise out of nowhere. All of this abundance coming in, coming in. And I hadn't really changed anything except for the fact that I had stopped drinking. And what I equate that to is every time you do something, you're sending the universe signals, right? And the universe isn't punitive, but it can only do with ease what you can, what you're a match for. So I was never being punished for drinking, but because I was keeping myself vibrating at the level of, I'll just say mediocrity, I'll call it what it is. I was at the level of mediocrity. So of course I was calling in mediocre experiences. And as soon as I took alcohol out of the picture, it's like I put a megaphone message out to the universe that said, hey, y'all, I'm done screwing around here. Show me what you got. And I'm, 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 at the edge of, in. I, I'm at the edge of my seat, if you could see me now, because if if you're listening and you can't necessarily relate to this because you don't, you know, it's alcohol isn't an issue for you. It's not just about alcohol. It's about anything that you are doing to keep yourself low. And Amanda, for you, it was alcohol, but there was a time in my life that I was in a really bad relationship where I knew, mm-hmm. I just knew that every, like, it just wasn't the right fit for me. We brought the worst out in each other. It yeah. was just toxic. Every single time that I walked, when I finally grew, grew the courage to walk away from that relationship, it was like immediately the universe rewarded me with work and this and that. And what I equate what you just did is when you have something in your life that you know you're a habit or something that you know you deserve better than, and you mm-hmm. finally, finally say enough is enough, you're sticking up for yourself, the universe will reward you. Yes. Yes. You become an instant magnet for that which you desire. Yes. And the universe can't help. Magnets come together. The universe can't help but connect you with the thing that you've been desiring. Yes. It's, it's not even a reward. It's just like, Automatic magnetism. Yes. And it's so cool when you it's experience It's so cool. It. I mean, it's it's it sounds like a bunch of BS. It does. Because I am very woo-woo. I am very, like, I love all of this stuff. But a lot of the people in my life, especially my friends that I've grown up with that have known me since I was 10, they kind of make fun of me. But I promise you, it is so real. It's like magic. There's, a, for lack of a better word, it is magic when you put your mind to something and you put you align yourself and live your life to the highest extent of what you're capable of in in taking care of yourself mentally emotionally physically the universe will bring you things that you're you're going to be like what what how like your albert mm-hmm. uh gift certificate right that i think that was probably the most incredible one even though it was maybe i would call it a micro manifestation it was like a 100 dollar pair of tennis shoes which is still amazing. I'm so grateful. And if the universe can bring you that something so specific and odd, imagine what, uh, what else is available to you. If you even put the tiniest bit more of intention to it. So those were things that I just kind of wanted in passing and, and, uh, you know, kind of, they were on my, it might be nice list. And then when I realized what was happening and I started getting intentional about declaring my desires to the universe. And of course you have to take action. You can't just write, I right. want a, I want 
to meet this person, or I want a book deal, or I want X, Y, Z, you have to take action. But when I started declaring them, wow, they started rolling in at incredible rates. And I started manifesting exact opportunities that I had written for pages in my journal that were, you know, to share another one, I had, I wanted to leave my corporate job and start my coaching career, which is what I do now. But I knew in between I needed a bridge. I needed something to provide me financial security and a little more time. So I had written out 15 pages of journal specifications. This is crazy. This is why I'm sharing it of exactly what this position would look like the type of people who I would work for, what I would kind of be doing, how I would feel, what I would learn from it. And I kid you not, as soon as I turned that over to the universe, all of a sudden, um, a person who was in my life messaged me and said, Amanda, I randomly got this email. I actually, I it was in my spam folder. I almost didn't check it, but I did today. And look, there's this person who I'm on their email list and they have a position available and it's kind of weird, but I think it's for you. And I opened it up and I'll be damned if it wasn't the exact position I had detailed out in my journal. I would have never found it on my own. Someone brought it to me, spoon fed it to me and said, I found this on a whim. I think it's for you. How does that happen? It does it. Like, <laughs> oh my God. My podcasts are usually like 30 minutes. This one's going to be three hours, but it's because it, it's like, the universe sends people like angels to you to help when to help create your reality. And mm -hmm. the, the same thing happens to me too. It's like when I'm on a roll, the things happen quickly. And it's it's beyond my imagination how when I want something, how it comes to me. Like mm -hmm. there was a time that I was really worried about Olivia and I not having health insurance. And because of my union and with COVID, I wasn't able to work the hours. And I was so worried. Um, and then one day, you know, I was doing my manifestation, like like meditating over it. And I just, I knew I something was going to happen. And it was, you know, there was a certain amount of time I had left. And out of nowhere, I mean, I, I'm talking out of nowhere. Someone that I haven't talked to in probably seven years emailed me asking me if I would work on this last minute campaign. And Usually these campaigns do not go under the union, but this one did. And it was like that. I hadn't talked Ooh. to this person out of nowhere. They emailed me. It, I was available those dates. All of a sudden, Olivia and I had health insurance. And it works that way. Like, that's my problem too, Amanda. It's like, I worry, and I still, even though I know how the law of, the, uh, law of attraction works, I sometimes worry too much about how is it going to happen. And that's where mm. I get caught up. Yes. where you have to just let the universe bring it to you instead of worrying how it's going to happen. Do you have right. any tips on how to sort of let go of that control? Yeah. So you have to realize that you're even as brilliant as you are, because I know all your listeners are incredibly brilliant. Your creative capacity is so small and tiny and stunted compared to what the universe has planned for you. All right. So even if you thought at your biggest, highest dream, you are still not thinking big enough. So I want you to remember that when you're trying to call something in and I want you to release a little bit of control of exactly what it looks like. So I had all of these details out about this job written down, but none of them said where it would be, who it would be with. It didn't say a person. It just was very broad, but so many broad things that it was so obvious when it came to me. And I want you to be broad and realize that the universe doesn't work on your timeline. Miracles can happen fast, but they're also divine and they happen when they're supposed to. So 
know that, the more clear you can get about the characteristics and how something's going to make you feel or, um, you know, the, the way in which it looks on a broad scale, the more specifics you can have, but also the more freedom you can give the universe to get creative. Right. That, that is where the power is because the universe might have something better planned for you than you could have for yourself. So if I were to give you an example of like a romantic partner, I wouldn't say he's six, seven with, you know, six, hair and seven. Blue eyes. That's <laughs> really tall, right? Hey, oh my God. Right. That's a, that's a tall order. Literally, <laughs> for the universe. Whoa. But I, I would say he's taller than me. Um, he makes me feel safe. We're both, um, incredibly attracted to one another, but guess what? I might be in the moment attracted to something different than what I think is, is aesthetically pleasing. What right. if he comes to me as, you know, a beautiful redheaded man. And I just didn't have a creative capacity to see that. Right. So I want you to be a little more broad and yes. talk more about how it makes you feel and release the timeline. Know that it will happen when it is time and it will happen in the most miraculous way possible. And usually when you release the timeline and you le- release a little bit of control, things come to you even more quickly. So it's it's patience and trust as well. It's crazy. I mean, it it just is so it's 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 just they're miracles. That's the only mm-hmm. way I can say. It. And mm-hmm. it's mind-blowing how beautiful things transpire when you let go of control. I think I don't know if I told you about Tosha Silver to has have I ever talked to you about her? Um, I know you mentioned her, but tell me. So she, that's all of her books are about that, but she has opened up my mind to just that because I am a Cuban Capricorn from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. There is, it's controlling to the degree yep. that is just unnatural. And, but that's how I've sort of kept my life under controls. It's, is with my mind controlling it all, but really it's not, it's not working for me anymore. So as I'm getting older, I'm starting to realize once when I do finally let go and let the universe take control of my destiny is when beautiful things happen. My now fiance, I, this is, it's so strange, but I had seen him on a dating app and then I saw with this dating app, you, it attaches to your Instagram. And I saw we had a lot of mutual friends, but I had never met him before. And so I messaged my girlfriend and I was like, Hey, what's the deal with this person? And she was giving me her take. And then that was it. I never talked to him. And then like weeks later, maybe almost a, most, almost a month later, she messaged me late and she was like, oh, if you guys end up dating, you should invite me over for dinner. And I'm like, that's not how it works. I've never even talked to the guy. And she's like, you should DM him now. And I'm like, no. But had she not, and I, and weirdly, I just put Olivia to sleep. I was just reading in my bed. It was like the perfect timing for her to to text me. And then I ended up te- you know, DMing him and we have not stopped talking since then. But it was like strange that she out of nowhere reached out to me because I let go of having to find somebody at that time. Like mm-hmm. I was like, when it comes, it comes, it doesn't matter, whatever. I'm just going to like focus on work and my daughter. And weirdly, had she not texted me that moment, I don't think we would have ever met. Yes. It was another angel. The universe sent you an angel to give you a nudge in the right direction because yes. you still have to take inspired action, Correct. right? Yes. You have to follow, you have to follow the nudges. And let's be clear, like everything you see isn't a sign. Like you do get signs, but sometimes you get nudges and those are the things. She nudged you and you took her up on it and look at the reward you reaped from that. Yes. So that's the thing too. It's, I think 
people get turned off with the law of attraction because they're like, what am I going to just say? I want a red bike and the bikes. No, it's like, no, that's not, that's not how it works. It's you do still have to take action, but the action feels good to you. It doesn't feel like, oh, well, I got to go to this job and I got it. It doesn't feel like that. It feels good. It feels exciting. It feels like something that you really want to do. Even if like that night I was kind of scared to DM him. Like that's kind of, it takes courage to do that. It's, you know, but it felt kind of exciting and happy. And and then I was like, if it doesn't work out, it's, I didn't really have an attachment to it either. So that's kind of the difference, right? About inspired action. It doesn't feel like a chore. Yeah. And it, the more that you can align your energy with the action, the more that universe will match you up with the thing that you desire. Right. So Um, just to like drive the point home, you can write the affirmation. I have a red bicycle. You can envision yourself on the red bicycle. You can say every morning, I have a red bicycle. I have a red bicycle. I have a red bicycle. But if your energy is vibrating at the level of blue rollerblades and (laughs) (laughs) the universe just cannot make that connection for you as easily. So the best thing that you can do, the universe responds to you, not on what you say, but on what you, what do. you do. So it's a perfect example. Let's say you do want to get that six, seven man. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what is that? What is that height that I just ran? I don't know. But... I don't know. <laughs> Let's say you do want that, but you're, you keep calling your ex-boyfriend and hanging out with him or you keep doing, then you're telling the universe you're not ready for that, that yeah, hunk of burning love, right? You're not making space. So that's, I think what you were saying, and it goes for anything in your life that you're, if you're hanging around with dead weight, whether it's a habit, whether it's alcohol, whether it's a toxic ex, you have to make space for the new thing to come. Because if you keep Mm -hmm. hanging out with that person or you keep doing the things that aren't getting, you know, moving your story along, then you're not making space. Right. You're keeping yourself down. Yeah. You're keeping yourself stuck. And the only, the universe can only show up for you. So matches you will show up for yourself. Miracles occur and you also have to be willing and open for it. And if you are spending your time keeping yourself at a low vibe on purpose, the universe can only do what you've said you want. And so it's just going to bring you more of that. So it's not a punishment. It's just alignment. So align with a higher energy. And I know we're making this sound very easy and simplified. Of course, we could go on for hours about how to do that. But if you find the look for the lowest vibe thing in your life, for me, sadly, I had to admit that it was alcohol. And that was really hard for me because I thought that it was fun. But when I did the math, alcohol was the loser in my life. And when I took that relationship out of the equation, it changed everything. And so like you said, it could be something else. But a lot of times it's the thing that is uncomfortable, the thing that we're like, oh, but not that thing, right? You right. surely don't mean that. Right. We can compromise, huh? Right. And when I started having to make excuses and negotiate for it, I was like, whoa, I have an attachment to this thing that is making me uncomfortable. So that's where I need to look. And sure enough, like clockwork, once I switch shifted that relationship, manifestations started to pour in at uncanny rates. It was unprecedented. So anyone who's listening, I urge you to tonight, after you do your nighttime routine, brush your teeth, go take a shower, whatever, and you're in bed, take two minutes and just close your eyes and really think and dig and just think about what it is in your life that's keeping you. That's that habit that you feel like that's keeping you from creating the life that you want. And if it's a person, if it's a thing, just evaluate how you could sort of 
move on to the next level of your life without that. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Amanda, thank you. I mean, I, I, we're going to have to do this again. We're just going to have oh, to, cause there's absolutely. too much. I am like, I kept, I keep wanting to stop you because I have so many things to tell you too. And so many questions to ask you. So we have to do it again, but for anyone listening in the notes section of this podcast, I will put all of Amanda's contact information, but maybe just verbally say it here in case uh, somebody's on Instagram now and wants to look you up. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to connect. You can find me. I mostly hang out on Instagram at Amanda Kuda and that's K-U-D-A. And I'm getting ready in the spring to teach a course on this exact content, this exact uh, methodology called Stop Drinking, Start Manifesting. And so I'd love to connect with anyone who this speaks to or you're feeling called to change that relationship with alcohol or just ready to manifest the heck out of your wildest dreams. I love it. Let's manifest. (laughs) Yes, let's do it. (laughs) Thank you, Amanda. I appreciate it. Thanks, Sabrina. Talk soon.